0: This is a continuation of Wendigo Part 1. If this is the first episode you're listening to, then please go back and listen to Part 1 first. Thank you. Disturbing Content Warning Please be advised that the content of this episode contains true stories of extreme violence, murder, cannibalism, torture, the death of children, and episodes of mental health crises. If you're sensitive to any of these topics, it's advised that you exercise extreme caution or avoid this episode altogether. Last time on Infinite Rabbit Hole.
1: Every time we talk about death and stuff, our, our ratings just spike straight through the roof and it's like, geez, man, these guys are fucked up. <laughs>
0: these people, <are, laughs> people are sick. I love it. <laughs> Wonderful. And the creature's nature is
1: described as one that is cold, evil, and hungry all of the time. I'm looking at a map right now. and Guess what's right over Minnesota? Finland. A person is gone and cannot come back from transitioning into a wendigo once they have
0: taken taken their their first first bite bite of flesh. The
1: wendigo doesn't have any lips around their mouths. This is because the hunger for human flesh is so bad that they will eat their own lips as one of their earliest meals. When they arrive, you will know by the unmistakable scream that can be heard from miles in every direction.
2: And then the last straw with this guy was he ended up trying to leave a group of kids into the forest. And that was when people had had enough.
1: He claimed that the evil had washed over him as he leveled his rifle at his son's head. Swift Runner began eating the child and did so for many days.
2: Yeah, he ended up eating his whole family. He let the police to the spot where he was camping out and they found a whole bunch of bones and whatnot.
1: A Algonquin beliefs stated very few ways to cure someone from turning wendigo. As I stated before, the most common way to combat turning into a wendigo was to pour hot tallow, often bare fat, down the throat of a person who is thought to be going through the transition. But how is this supposed to actually work? The natives believe that by pouring hot bear fat down the throat of a victim of a wendigo, they could successfully thaw the frozen heart and bring the victim's body and mind back. Modern medicine also has a reason as to why this would have worked. Due to intense starvation caused by delirium, Mm -hmm. a quick shot of calorie-dense bear fat would give the victim an abundance of much-needed calories it would potentially fend off the delirium symptoms, which in turn would fend off the Wendigo spirit. Another way that is said to cure Windigo is prayer. Although there are no actual documented cases in which this is said, there are plenty of secondhand stories from natives and pioneers claiming that they witnessed or knew someone who was cured of the Wendigo by prayer. One other somewhat common cure for Wendigo is to force a victim to drink massive amounts of alcohol next to a large fire. The thought behind this cure is similar to the tallow cure, in which the alcohol would be consumed in large amounts and would cause the body to sweat. The fire would provide heat from the outside of the body, and the thought that the two combining to thaw the freezing body from both outside and inside would thaw the heart and cure Wendigo. Another way of curing the wendigo was to trick it into thinking that it would not be successful in the act of eating human flesh. This could be done by tying the victim up and leaving them lonely for a long time, sometimes a week, if not more. When being checked on by shamans, they would be offered normal food and a reminder that if they were to turn wendigo, that they would stay tied up and locked away until they starved to death. After a few rounds of this, the victim would eventually either die of cold and/or starvation, or given to the shaman's offer of normal food, which, like the tallow cure, would give the victim much-needed calories and would cure the delirium. And in turn, would kill windigo. Another way a shaman would often combat a person turning windigo was to physically abuse the victim. Now, I'll tell you a little bit about something that that uh, Kenzer. We'll talk about a little bit later, but Jack Fiddler, a well-known chief and shaman, is said to have taken one man who was extremely close to completing the transition and whipped him until the spirit was gone and the threat of the Wendigo was no longer in the man. With all of these different ways to cure Wendigo, the one thing they all had in common was that in order for them to be successful, they needed to happen before the transformation was complete. Once the victim turned Wendigo, there was no turning back. The only option to rid your tribe or village of the Wendigo was to kill it. Oftentimes, the choice to kill a Wendigo would happen before the transformation was complete. In that case, you can practically kill the same way you can kill any person. But sometimes the act of eating human flesh and sealing the curse would happen, and the name of the killing game was changed drastically. Another issue that would sometimes come up when deciding how to get rid of the problem was the decision to target the victim or the spirit. The most common way to kill the victim of a Wendigo was to first kill the body and render it unable to move. Then after that, they had to burn the body completely. Often the fire would keep going for two whole days. After the fire died out, you would then have to take the remains of the body and the fire and bury them in multiple different locations as far as possible. This would prevent the body from being put back together and reanimated under the control of the Wendigo spirit. The fire was also viewed as a cleansing agent by the natives. Probably the most difficult to perform and one that is repeated as a cure for someone who is going through the transition Tallow can be poured down the throat of a fully turned wendigo to thaw the entire body, eventually killing the creature. Another very difficult way to kill a wendigo was to trap and lock it in a kettle and cook the creature until it died from being melted away, then bury what's left of the creature in different locations. Shamans would oftentimes take to spiritual warfare to fight the wendigo palagon, with a palagon of their own. This would be done by entering into a tent, often heavily intoxicated with whiskey, to ensure that the wendigo could not take hold of their heart, where the shaman would continually chant and shake the tent in attempts to control their palagon in a battle against the wendigo. Sometimes the length of these spiritual battles would last for days. Another prominent way to kill a wendigo was by strangulation. It was thought that by strangling a wendigo, you were closing off the only means of escape the spirit had from the body some would only kill wendigos this way so that they were not releasing the wendigo back out into the world to once again one day infect someone in their village probably the most simple way to be able to kill a wendigo is to bury an axe in its forehead deep enough to kill the brain Simply cutting out the heart and chopping a live creature apart and burying the pieces in different locations was also thought to be a suitable way to kill a wendigo. When burying the body parts, logs of wood would be laid on top of the body part before dirt being returned to the hole. This was thought as a way to ensure that the body parts were not able to leave the hole and reassemble with the other pieces, which would give life back to the wendigo. Many European pioneers claimed that the way to kill the wendigo was with a silver bullet or stake to the chest to shatter the frozen heart. There are a few things that stick out here. Silver was a very common killer of supernatural beings in Europe, the most popular being the vampire and the werewolf. You can see the difference in culture when describing ways of killing the creature. The natives used weapons that they had on on hand, such as fire, bear tallow, axes, knives, and spiritual warfare. The pioneers, on the other hand, used what was given to them with their own superstitions as the primary way to kill an unknown power. What do you guys think? Killing or curing a Wendigo?
2: I don't know about that one. (laughs) I I was reading a lot of accounts that it's... If you do manage to catch one, good luck even trying to get it apart.
1: <laughs> so they they do say that a lot of times only the elders, which were, you know, in the Algonquin culture, the elders of the, the tribes were the most powerful. And a lot of times yeah. they were shamans or chiefs. And that a Wendigo can only be killed by someone with immense power yeah. so somebody who stood at the pinnacle of a tribe
0: the authority figure
1: yeah was the only one that could really do any damage to the wendigo it's not like you know if i walked you know if i'm in the tribe i'm 33 years old and, and this strapping young buck and i go and i'm like i'm gonna go ask myself a wendigo and uh yeah no i'd probably die and then you end up disemboweled and eaten exactly yeah mm-hmm. you'd be poop or poop yeah <laughs> They would do this magical trick that my kids do. Wendigos turn people into poop, and kids turn
0: money into poop. It's fucking great. <laughs> I like the bear tallow thing, and then like what was said of that the uh, scientifically speaking, you know, if someone's starving, you give them a huge shot of bear fat. It's like you know, it rejuvenates them. Right. It it reminded me. Not entirely related, but it reminded me of a YouTube channel that I follow. I follow quite a few survivalist, like YouTube sort of channels, bushcrafting sort of things. Uh, one is actually Zach Fowler from the Alone Show. Another one is uh, the Wooded Beardsman, and then a couple other guys. But I, one of the one of them, I can't remember which one, but they decided to do like some seven day wilderness survival challenge where they were only eating fish, and even though that they were eating a pretty substantial amount of fish, because they weren't eating the eyeballs and the brain and the skin and the cheek meat and all that sort of stuff, and they were just eating fillets, they actually started starving because they weren't getting the amount of fats and oils that you need to survive. Let alone, it's hard enough, most people, you know, in situations where they're not eating the same amount of sugar and you'll start getting headaches, you know, cause your body's withdrawing from it the same way you would mm-hmm. withdraw from a drug mm-hmm. yeah. um, or, you know, carbs and all that sort of stuff. But if you're not getting fats, you can starve even if you're eating meat all the time. And what these guys were doing, is they would literally just be chewing the same piece of fish in their mouth just for minutes and minutes and minutes. And they're like, I can't swallow it. Like my mm. brain is saying, I don't want this anymore because it wanted fat and then the next time they did it they they ate all that stuff the skin that has very important oils in it you know the eyeballs the brain all that stuff because of the fats that are in it and they were totally fine and so it like that totally registered with me that that would in fact work because you know people do that and you'll see that in in the alone show too they'll survive for so long and it gets to a point with a lot of people where they're out of food and literally all that they will talk about is just like, oh my gosh, I just want a big, giant piece of fat. And then they'll eat it and they'll be like, oh, it's like butter. You know, it's so good. And it's just like, you know, when we cut the gristle off of a steak, they're just like, oh my gosh, this is this is the best thing ever. It's because your body will crave that because it's filled with so many nutrients that you're deficient in. Mm-hmm. And so that totally makes sense to me. Now, boiling bear tallow? I would hope that if this was a practice that was used on people to if they're crazy and their body's eating itself and their minds and their brains boiling because they're not getting the nutrients they need and they're going insane. If this was a practice that was actually used on people, I would hope that it wasn't actually boiling bear tallow because it was. I think that that would cause some other issues, too. You know, it may snap their mind out of it, but then you're burning the inside of someone's body which yeah okay in this book i was reading right yeah they would say that
1: it was oftentimes that immediately after pouring the boiling tallow gosh. down their throat their body would collapse and fall asleep oh for, for almost a day oh. or two. Oh no Good way ass where the natives were thinking the way that they translated this was that the spirit of the man was fighting the spirit of the wendigo and the bear tallow was helping it. It was a weapon, but actually what was happening, you know, we look at modern medicine and stuff. Now they're in shock. Like they, they knocked the fuck out from the pain.
0: They just got secondary burns in their throat and their esophagus. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Ouch. Oh my goodness. See, yeah. And that's, that's where it comes into the thankfulness that we have for modern medicine and all sorts of stuff, because, you know, even though introducing fat into someone's starving body might be the best way to to zonk them out of like that sort of a, a predicament, you know, not doing some medieval type torture where they're just like, if you ever look into uh, how they treated women of hysteria because, you know, they weren't getting their needs met with their husbands and stuff. And they were just like, these women are crazy. And they're just like, you know, they must be possessed. And, you know, they're just like the the way that people cured diseases and all that stuff. There was some good stuff. And sometimes they'd make them drink mercury. So it was just like, <laughs> it's like they're, they had the right idea, certainly, you know, whether they knew it or not, you know, of course, they're just like, oh, this will warm up their internal, you know, temperature and, and thaw out their heart or whatever, you know, there's the the lore and the legend mixed in with an actual good practice to do. But it was just, uh, yeah, that (laughs) bums me out, man. It's (laughs) like, so not only are they they suffering mentally and, you know, physically because of this predicament that they're in, but then also they might die regardless because of this cure for it or this, you know, we're going to kill the Wendigo spirit inside of you type stuff. But it sounds like honestly like a, a lot of what you were describing like the strangulation all that stuff it sounds like regardless they're like we have to kill the windigo spirit so they just killed the person yeah a lot of times it did I mean I don't know how you could really come back from something like that you know if if you people like that are recoverable they really yeah it just sounds like they're just like we have to get rid of it and so we chop these people up and burn them and strangle mm-hmm. them so this spirit can't get out right man it's rough Most
1: of the time, if somebody was turning Wendigo or, you know, in their minds, they were turning Wendigo, they would request to be killed. They did it as a way to protect their loved ones. Or they've already done horrible things. Oftentimes, these uh, tribes wouldn't allow somebody with symptoms to even get to the point where they would eat a human. Mm. And oftentimes, like if somebody was really going nuts, they had the idea that the Wendigo tricked them in their mind to eating imaginary human flesh in a dream. Right. It, it's, it's a... Kenzer, you did a great job. This was a super <laughs> awesome topic to go over. Dark as shit. Oh, so Our, yeah. our, oh, our st- listeners are going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, yes,
2: talk about I it. I hope so.
1: More death. <laughs> so I still have a little bit more. Until we just open it up and let Kenzar take the reins and let us know some of her stories.
0: Yeah,
2: I got a couple cool ones, I think.
1: The modern Wendigo. There it is, Jake. Here it is, Jake. You ready? Cue the death metal. You'll get that reference soon, Kenzar, in an episode coming up soon. It's, it's out. Oh, wait, it's out. Yeah, it's the it's one out. that just came out yesterday. I
2: have not listened to that one yet. I haven't had a chance.
1: <laughs> oh, you get to meet Jeff.
2: Yeah, I haven't, met, I haven't to the most recent one or met Jeff yet.
0: New guy, Jeff.
1: We recorded an episode on Atlantis yesterday, and it was Jeff's uh, choice, and he Ooh. knocked it out of the park. He did really good. Yeah, it was crazy. Atlantis is cool. Yeah. All right, so the legend of the Wendigo has changed quite a bit since the original tellings and has been taken up as a completely different animal to some people. The real problem with the modern Wendigo is, is that most people who describe the creature as an upright walking deer or other agulet have no idea of the original stories but like many other things in the world this is what the modern wendigo is still scary but a little dolled up to flatter those looking for a thrill or something new to be scared of i have even seen on plenty cryptozoology websites and facebook pages People claiming artwork, encounters, and or descriptions matching this new modern Wendigo in places like North Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, New Mexico, Oregon, and a plethora of other places. As I laid out in this episode, this is not true. If they are seeing something that matches their description of the Wendigo, then it is something else. But stranger yet is how a spirit is showing up on cryptozoology pages and books when there's nothing zoological about this legend. For those cryptozoologists, quote unquote, out there, I just want to lay a friendly reminder that the word cryptozoology is created by the mashing of two words, crypto, meaning secret, and zoology, which is the scientific study of behaviors, physiology, classification, and distribution of animals. Put that together, we have cryptozoology, the study of behaviors, physiology, classification and distribution of hidden animals not spirits legends or lore no matter where they come from the modern wendigo with antlers on top of its heads hooves for feet and bare bones looks more like a zombified version of cernanos the gaelic god of beast and wild places instead of a frozen and lifeless human body there are, however, many different upright walking deer-like creatures that do fit into the world of cryptozoology. Deer Man is a name given to many creatures around North America and is said to look similar to the modern description of the Wendigo, but doesn't have the torn flesh and zombie-like look. The most famous Deer Man cases are from Illinois, Ohio, Oklahoma, Delaware, and in a few states along the Appalachian Mountain Range. Jake, do you want to tell them where they can hear a story of a Deer Man? In Finland. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, Randall's story. Oh, yeah. In the uh, in the Appalachian, Appalachian Tales. Appalachian Tales. That's right. Yeah. In Finland. In our first season, we did. We,
1: we sat down with a man by the name. I almost Randall. Said Shenandoah. I don't know why that came out. A little north. We sat down with Randall and talked to him about a lot of his encounters in his hometown. In North Carolina along the Appalachian Mountains, it had breasts <laughs> it, it had did, one breast. Had, it had one breast one singular breast, but he did lay out a story where he saw a creature with a person's body with a deer head with antlers mm-hmm. and everything uh so if anybody's interested in that, please check it out. What I just said there was definitely a shot out to one particular person who I had a very public very petty in public argument, but I put him in this place and he quit that Facebook page I won. Fucking fucking champ. But yeah, that's what that was. If that person's still listening to the podcast, I doubt it. Anyways, I'm going to go ahead and finish up here with, of course, I cannot do an episode without mentioning Bigfoot. Bigfoot. (laughs) The Bigfoot. Some believe that the physical sightings of the Wendigo are cases of mistaken identity, and they are in fact Sasquatches instead. Same in fact, swamp. to some native groups, the name for a Bigfoot-like creature is the Witeko. It is thought that these versions of Wendigo slash Bigfoot creatures are strictly carnivores and are very dangerous. This version shares the constant hunger aspect of Wendigo with the spiritual version, as it is always hungry and can never fulfill the hunger. The version of Bigfoot is outlined as the fifth type of Bigfoot in the 10th different types of Bigfoot list that we highlighted in the first episode of this season being season four. And it even shares a territory with a spiritual or more traditional Wendigo that we talked about earlier in this episode. Other names for these are the Janoska or the Stonecoats. They get the name Stonecoat. Get this, this is going to sound familiar because they were known to cover themselves in tree sap and roll around in gravel, dirt, and sand. Nice. Just like the Wendigo earlier creating an armor of sorts when dried that pretty much stayed permanently on their bodies. They are also thought to be one of the more intelligent versions of Sasquatch, and they grow to be very, very big. The average height reported is around 8 to 10 feet, and they are also known to travel in ones or twos and have a nasty habit of stealing and raiding camps without worry of stealthiness. So they're very, very like, I don't give a fuck if you see me, dude. I'm a big-ass fucking Sasquatch, so go fuck yourself.
2: Uh, I actually came across a story where somebody ran into two of what they claimed to be Wendigos. And listening to what you just said about them pairing up makes so much sense to that story now. <laughs> basically, basically, the guy just, he saw two Wendigos and immediately was like, let's get the fuck out of here and effed <laughs> out. But yeah, said he there was definitely two of them, and he felt like they were trying to lure them around. Uh, So, yeah, they got out of there, thankfully. But that makes a lot of sense.
1: (laughs) Hey, everybody, bear with us while we take this quick break. I'm done with my soapbox. I, I got through my entire 18 something stupid pages of notes. And I completely took the spotlight away away from Kenzar. Oh, <laughs> good. It is now yours, Kenzar. Let's go over some stories that you got.
2: I actually I have one that I thought was kind of cool um, just because of my relation to the area that it's from. Um, cool. There was a guy, his name is Vincent Lee, back in 2008. Uh, He ended up immigrating into Canada in 2006, I believe I saw. And then in 2008, he murdered a man named Tim McLean. And they were on a Greyhound bus on their way into Winnipeg, Manitoba.
1: Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. The
2: local indigenous people around there believe that he could be a Wendigo. Um, He was released in 2017, I believe. And there was huge debate what he did on what he did is on the greyhound bus into winnipeg is he murdered tim mclean and started ripping his like cutting his body parts off and eating his uh eating the flesh and he cut the head off and scared a whole bunch of people um there was a whole ordeal about it he did get arrested went to jail for it, it was released in 2017 he's on some hefty meds and what i was reading is He knows he needs to stay on his medication, but people are very concerned about him not staying on his medication. And
1: it's a good concern.
2: Oh, I I would definitely (laughs) be concerned. Um, Even I I read somewhere, I don't know how true this one is, but I read that his mother even said, don't let him out. Like (laughs) he, he needs supervision like 24 seven. He needs his medication. If he doesn't have supervision, there's a, very good chance he's not going to take his meds
0: it just just happened to him though it wasn't some like underlying issue he already had like this just happened
2: he ended up getting off on i think mental health issues or something so he ended up going to a mental health institute instead of going to jail i can't i don't have any notes on it or anything it was something that i very quickly read into because i found it last minute before this started but I thought it was kind of cool because he's he was jumping back and forth between Winnipeg and Edmonton, Alberta. Um Winnipeg, Manitoba, and Edmonton, Alberta. Jumping back and forth between the two for jobs and whatnot. Everybody said he was very violent person. Very Hmm. I believe I read somewhere he drank quite a bit. Don't Mm -hmm. quote me on that one, anybody. Um But yeah, he, he was just a very violent person. Up and left his wife in Manitoba one day to go get a job in Edmonton and then up and left his wife in Edmonton to go see if he could get a job in Manitoba. And on the way there, ended up killing this guy and eating his flesh on the bus.
1: So what I remember reading about this, because I read about this back when it first came out, I could be wrong because again, this is a very long time ago, but just like other things with Wendigo psychosis or, you know, someone turning Wendigo, he did claim that he was taken over by evil spirits.
2: Yes, I did. I do remember reading that as well. Again, it was just chalked up to, oh, he's got a mental illness. It's Wendigo psychosis. But he very much so felt that he had demons. I remember
1: reading. Those are some pretty fucked up demons. Right? Yeah, apparently (laughs) that the guy he killed was sitting next to him on the Greyhound bus. And for some reason, everybody stopped him from exiting the bus like they they yeah
2: they they prevented him from leaving the bus so that the police could get there because they were in a little tiny town in manitoba for me what made this stand out so much is i found out that the the, tim mclean the guy that got murdered was a carnival worker and he was on his way back home yeah
0: (laughs) he was (laughs) on his
2: way back home (laughs) to go see his family in Winnipeg from Edmonton after working the local carnival uh, that's in Edmonton. I'm from Edmonton. I went to that carnival every single year. There's a very good chance that I could have crossed paths with that guy because he was running the Ferris wheel, and I went on the Ferris wheel that year.
1: Jeez. So,
2: like, I don't, I don't know if I actually did come across with the guy, because that was a long time ago now. But once I found out he worked for that carnival company and was in the city that year, I know for a fact I went to that carnival, there's a chance I could have crossed paths with that guy. Fuck. It gave me chills.
1: <laughs> Imagine all the people that were getting on that, that Ferris wheel where he was just like, he could have potentially been like, I'm going to eat this motherfucker. It's like, yeah. damn.
2: Uh, that's actually how I found the story is somebody I came across a comment somewhere about it, that somebody crossed paths with Tim McLean the
0: day before he was murdered, but they let the guy go. Yeah. That's crazy to me. Yeah. That's crazy.
2: He he changed his name and everything. I, I can't remember what the hell he changed it to, but like, I don't blame the guy for changing his name at all, but
0: what was, what was his name? Vincent Lee. Vincent Lee. So you probably probably changed it to not Vincent Lee.
2: Yeah, Yeah, uh, I think it's like (laughs) Will something or other now. It's very basic name.
0: John Smith. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What
1: are you talking about? John Smith, dude. Yeah. So I remember something else about that, too, where apparently they had tracked down like a newspaper in his house or his home that had an article on the Wendigo and that he had like this, this crazy idea of eating people pop up from the article he read. Was that part of something that you, that I you read? did
2: not come across that. No, that's interesting. No, I did not come across that at all.
1: Yeah. That would, that would be a major psychology thing. Oh yeah. That would be, that would be interesting. Now I, I kind of want to look that up again because I haven't seen that in a long time.
2: Again, for me, it was a very quick research thing. I found it maybe like an hour or so before we started recording here. But <gasps> uh, very, very quick research thing that I came across and it caught my attention because it was Edmonton and I'm from Edmonton. And, and then I, again, I found out he was a Carney and I could have crossed paths with the guy, which gave me, honest to God, gave me chills.
1: That would give me chills. Could you imagine like being somebody who went on that ferris wheel you know being creeped out by some dude who was like hey girl you look like a snack and you like <laughs> realizing that and realizing who it was and like he wasn't like trying to hit on you he was like literally telling
0: you like He's you like, look like, "Dang, upset. girl, nice ribs." <laughs>
2: no, no, the guy that got murdered was the Carney.
0: Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, guy, yeah thought, the guy that got oh. murdered was the
2: Carney. Vincent Lee was uh, an immigrant from China. He immigrated in two thousand and six.
1: Oh, see, I'm sitting here thinking, "What's the?" What's oh, yeah. The no, no, no,
2: no, no. <laughs> <laughs> the Carney was the guy that got murdered.
1: <laughs> I was like, "Dang, that's crazy." Oh, OK. Well, that's that's not that's not nearly as bad. Oh, man, if it was if it was the, the dude who went cannibal, that would have been crazy. Yeah, that would have been nuts. That
2: would be a whole other story. That completely different story. But
0: <laughs> I want to dig into this because I'm just concerned that they let the guy go with the the promise. Be like, now you're going to take your meds, right? And he's like, yeah, I promise. And they're like, OK, well, <laughs> Don't need anyone. Again, huh? this, you know? That was an, like, again, he was
2: released in 2017. And at the time, they said they were going to keep him under supervision. I couldn't find anything more about the guy. Mm. Again, quick research, but I couldn't find anything more about the guy past seven, 2017. So I'm assuming he's behaved and stayed under the radar since, but.
0: You're just eating people under the radar.
2: Yeah.
1: How about this idea? How about we put it out to the fans since we have a special co-host today? Find him. Right? (laughs) Find. Bring him to the show. (laughs) If you want to hear us do a deep dive into this particular story, because I'm sure there's a lot there. We could probably get a whole episode out of this. At least conversation-wise, right? Oh, yeah. If, If anybody listening to this episode wants to hear us do a deep dive into this, let us know, and we'll... Invite Kenzar back on for another episode to do a deep dive into this particular case. What do you think, Jake?: Yes, done. I'm down. Kenzer
2: I'll come more prepared.
1: <laughs> no, you're fine. you're, you're totally fine but this This sounds like a pretty cool case to get into. I mean, it's got some gruesome shit.:
2: It definitely definitely is interesting.:
1: What's even crazy crazier is that I left so much out about the Wendigo that we could do a whole nother episode about the same length. Like I wow. literally oh yeah. oh yeah, there's so much, so much more. Like I mentioned shape shifting. We didn't even get into calling people into the woods or oh man, uh what was it? The the fiddler. Jack yeah, Fiddler. Yeah, Jack right?
2: Fiddler. We didn't we didn't talk we about didn't, him.
1: We didn't get into that. There's so many things, dude. Uh, that Wendigo Lake, yeah, that is a creepy place. There's a lot more. Well, of course it's creepy. They named it after a cannibalizing spirit. Oh, <laughs> dude, let me tell you, it's nuts. I kind of want to go there and investigate. Let's go tomorrow. <laughs> I'll just UA. Yeah. If uh, if anybody wants to know a little bit more about Wendigos, there's enough information out there for us to do another one of these and and have fresh information the entire
0: time. Man, yeah. I really want to get that that guy on. I I went to school with a guy uh when I was getting ready to move to California that his dad he's from uh he's from Minnesota and his dad and his entire like logging crew saw a Wendigo like running through the woods and it was exactly how everyone describes it. They said it was like super tall it had a deer head and it had long spindly like legs and it was running on on its legs like, you know, like a human crashing through the woods. And everyone's just like, well, we're done here. And then they packed up their stuff and they left the job site and they told their boss we're not going back there. And it was a like 15 blue collar guys out in the woods for a, a logging trip. Where they were just cutting down trees, and they all saw this, and every single one of them were like, "Nope, we're done, and they just packed up and rolled out and I'm sure I'm leaving so much stuff out, and he oh, yeah. expressed to me that there's no way his dad's going to come up on our show and and talk about this, but if he could get a rundown from his dad and then come on and talk to us about it, like that would be so cool because he's from be an area where they you know where people claim to see this stuff, you know there's a difference between Sightings from Joe Schmo and sightings from guys that would really be hurt if they lost their jobs. Like when you hear of uh Bigfoot sightings from forest rangers or cops or first responders of some type, or you hear about these sorts of things from hard-working blue-collar type people, it's just like there's a different uh feeling around a uh you know, a sighting versus when you hear, and I'm not saying that it's not credible and it's not an experience that they've had, but when it's like some farmer somewhere, it's like there's a different level of like, you're risking your career over this because someone might think that there's something wrong upstairs. And, you know, if people see something like that and they're willing to come out and say it, it's just, it just, it has a different feel to it. So I'd like to have him on here to, to give his story and hopefully he's not on a ship somewhere and I'll have to reach out to him because that would be really cool because that would be, I am not the guy that believes that you can will something into existence. That is ridiculous to me to even talk. us, but (laughs) I don't know. I was talking to Jeremy before this episode and Kenzer right before you got on here and we're kind of talking about the Algonquin people and how this is their legend. And yeah. I was just like, kind of under the assumption that this was just a tribe. And then Jeremy said, no, this is more like a group of tribes that they're called the Algonquin yeah. people, right? But yeah. even still, it's like, I understand that this is like a regional type lore, legend, or whatever. But the thing that, that strikes me so hard about Bigfoot is that there was stories and names attributed to Bigfoot from Native American tribes all over the united states Mm -hmm. all over canada you know and we can see different types all over the world um, but these ancient people had their own stories and their own names and things like that but the characteristics line up almost exactly to what people say today so there's a lot of credible stories and and possible evidence that this is Either it is or it was a real creature. So when I think about, like, this sort of a thing, and people still claim to see it, a not see people that are affected by it, like this Vince Lee guy that ate somebody, but actually see a real animal and attribute that and say, or, you know, whatever. They see it and they say, it's the Wendigo. So... I don't know. It, it's hard for me to say that like, yeah, this is anything more than a legend or a a story to describe a mental disability or a mental uh, deficiency or someone that just lost it. This is the Native Americans way to describe this sort of um, happenstance mm-hmm. and to say that this is an actual real animal or a, you know, a monster that's out there in the woods because it doesn't go past the Algonquin people. You right. know, it stays in that area and I don't know, it's hard to it's hard to say like, you know, even getting a if you got like a picture of it and be like be like, I don't know, it could be doctored because it's just not as widespread. And uh so this is this is a real head scratcher for me because it is so local to that area. It's not Widespread enough to where people would be like, oh, and then it happens here, and it happens here, and it happens here, and it happens here, because you think that if it was a a real occurrence, that it wouldn't just be excluded to places where it snows, Mm -hmm. because desert dwelling people have to deal with starvation sometimes too, you know. So it'd be like it would just happens to people that are starving, and then it turns them into cannibals and stuff. So it's just like, yeah, I I like this episode because it's like it's bringing me out of my comfort zone of I'm the guy that doesn't believe in most of this stuff. And I know Jeremy kind of falls along the same boat. We like the story of it. We like the legend of it. We like the, the talking, you know, talking about it and everything like that, especially if it's really like, like this it's really frightening. It's creepy. And it's, you know, describing a horrific sort of circumstance where someone might get into a position where they're so hungry that they're willing to eat their family members. But it's, pulling me out of that zone of you know i want to attribute so much and i understand the native americans and a lot of native people you know worldwide had l- their legends and stories because that's how they explained things and that's how they entertained each other and it was all about stories and that's how you know what they built their communities around things like that but i like to attribute you know the things that they saw the things that might actually exist because many stories there were or how widespread it was or whatever really when it comes down to it this country is really really young and that's pretty much as good as it gets most of the time for like really old legends and things that could be real right you follow what i'm saying it's like yeah. does that make sense oh, it's yeah. just like it's like but, but for some, for something like this this is like kind of bringing me out of my my comfort zone and get me to just like like but people still see it right people still or they claim to see it They see something, you know, I I'm not going to say that people aren't seeing something, you know, whether that is like what Jeremy was saying, like a different type of Bigfoot or something like that, you know, a different type of Sasquatch or a dog man, whatever it may be. Or, you know, like Randall's experiencing, you know, he truly believes that he saw what he saw in the Appalachian Trail. And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's mind-boggling to me. But I'm I'm enjoying this. I love this sort of stuff. This is really cool. And I'm sure the fans are going to love it too because a lot of people died in all these stories. <laughs> <laughs> I loved
1: absolutely loved doing the research on this topic. The book I got for this was the exact book I needed. It was perfect. It's called Wendigo Lore by Chad Lewis and Kevin Lee Nelson. If anybody wants to get that book, it's fucking awesome and it doesn't skip any details it's just i I, I can't put it on a high enough pedestal if you love the wendigo lore buy the book it's awesome you'll love it i actually heard a term in the the book that i thought was very very interesting and it describes exactly my love for this stuff which is (laughs) folklore archaeologist oh i love that term because that is what I love. I love crypt I, I do love cryptids, right? Mm-hmm. But I really love the act of digging deep into the nooks and crannies of books, libraries, websites, n- magazines, newspapers, old stuff to really find the beginnings and all the details that have been lost in time to bring it in onto the infinite rabbit hole. And That is I I think I'm going to adopt that, man. That is something that I really like. Uh, If I could describe myself, it would be a a folklore folklore archaeologist. Oh, dude, it is. I like it. Freaking sweet. Love it. This episode quenched that thirst for a really, really good piece of folklore. This was fucking great. Super awesome episode. Kenzer picked a super awesome topic. Uh, Wendigo was with your help. Well, I mean, I, (laughs) I, I created a list of, of Canadian cryptids, you know, but it was, it was you that, that picked, you wanted to do a cryptid and you wanted to stay Canadian. And I, I mean, I just, yeah, I, I guess I nudged you in the direction, but you ultimately picked the topic and honestly, Wendigo was something we were going to do eventually, but it, it, it wasn't even on the list to do in the next season. And then your email came along, and sure enough, sooner rather than later, Windigo was now almost all the way to the top of the list, getting <laughs> done as soon as possible so we can make our, our one fan in the entire world happy. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it was an awesome, awesome experience. I got a lot of research to do for some upcoming episodes, but the time I spent on this was not thrown away because... Now, the Wendigo is one of my favorite pieces of lore because it makes sense. It really, really does. Again, I don't necessarily believe in... You know what? We'll just do my final thoughts real quick and then we'll (laughs) we'll run through everyone's final thoughts. I don't necessarily believe that people are seeing Wendigos. Uh, I could be wrong. You know, I don't want to step on anybody's toes there. This is just my beliefs. Uh, I think that there are a lot of other cryptids or a lot of other creatures that match the descriptions that people are giving out. Bigfoot, Deer Man, even the loot gurus, Dog Man.
2: The rake, of, Skinwalkers. The,
1: exactly. All kinds of stuff. That could be potentially what people are seeing uh, or even things like grizzly bears or deer themselves. You never know. There's a lot of stuff. And when you when you create a hunger or you're in a situation where you're living out in the middle of nowhere in times of no technology or anything and you're suffering from uh, seasonal uh, whatever it was disorder, right?
0: Seasonal allergies, yeah.
1: Seasonal allergies. When <laughs> You're suffering from seasonal allergies in the winter.
0: <laughs>
1: you, you could be seeing something and not really translating it correctly. Think of it like this if they're if they go crazy enough to want to crave human flesh, why can't why is it such a shot in the dark to think that they could potentially be be seeing something that they're not actually seeing? Now, as for modern sightings, I think that it is a case of missing mistaken identity. Could it be a cryptid? Yes. Could it be a well-known zoological animal that we know now that's completely categorized? Well, yes, I I do think so. But I love this lore. I love the story of the Wendigo. Everything makes sense. It's got a folklore version why it makes sense. And it's got a medical and scientific version why it makes sense. And I think that the two worlds collide so well on the story of the Wendigo that this has quickly jumped up my list of favorite things that I've ever learned about in the world of folklore and cryptozoology. And I can't see it being knocked out for quite a while, if, if ever, honestly. And that's it. Who's next? Someone say stuff.
2: My final thoughts. I agree that I think it's kind of mistaken identity. Um, if you're in the right region, maybe you're seeing the windigo and what you're saying you're seeing. But a lot of the accounts that I was coming across and, video footage of whatever it I definitely think it's mistaken identity of something um the folklore is absolutely amazing though the stories behind it are kind of incredible they're scary and they're horrific but they're incredible and I enjoy I enjoyed that as well that I, I very much so agree. That's the folklore is intriguing. I agree. But does a Wendigo necessarily exist? I don't think so. I think we're seeing something else.
0: Couldn't agree with you more. What do you think, Jake? I think that I, I agree with both of you, right? That, uh, that it's mistaken identity, whatever it may be. Um, and I think that it's a, a legend, from native people to describe a issue that was going on or or did happen occasionally, and they described it in the same way they described everything else and it was with uh stories and then they became legends, and maybe they were embellished a little bit. It sucks to hear that you know the, that they actually did practice you know their ancient techniques of ridding it by killing a bunch of people and by torturing them by pouring liquefied fat down their throats and stuff. I know I know I use hysteria, but I mean another great example is how we used to treat, you know, mentally ill people back in uh geez, even like the the early nineteen hundreds. I mean we'd electrocute them and we'd pour them I mean, we'd put them in ice water and all kinds of stuff. Like it was it was crazy. It's just like <laughs> to get the demons out of them Um <laughs> but I, you know what? This movie or this uh, this uh, this thing is making me want to watch the movie The Ritual. That's <laughs> a good movie, but that's not. That's, I know. That's, I know that's it's that's not the same thing, but it's just yeah, like yeah. it's like a white right movie. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think it's mistaken identity. I think people are seeing something for sure. It's hard to chalk up every single time someone sees something and say, oh, it's just it's just the shadows in the woods and be like, No. You know, <laughs> I don't believe that. I think that there are probably some undiscovered animals or, you know, beings that are out there that we haven't seen before. And on the other side of it, I'm a Christian guy and I believe in demons. So, I mean, just like, you know, yeah. <laughs> why not? But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I really like this episode. I thought that it was really cool. It was a there was a lot more here than I thought there was going to be. But also doing the research that I did, it was a lot different than I had always believed Wendigo's were, I always thought that it was just like another type of deer person or something like that. The second that I started researching it and it was like, Oh, a whole bunch of death and cannibalism. Interesting. Had no (laughs) idea, not a clue. You know, just, it was never something that I had gotten into where I was just like, Oh, you know, what's all this about? It was just something that I had heard about upon passing, or maybe there was a, a movie or someone you know like like my classmate told a story about his dad seeing one even then i didn't dig into it enough to think to look into what is a wendigo it was really disturbing and it was a lot and it was really cool i'm spotting a trend with you there sir what's that that i don't care (laughs) 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 bingo
1: no, that, uh, you know, we do these topics, especially when it comes to cryptids and folklore. This was something I was excited to do with Jake at the beginning, Kenzar, because he didn't believe in any of this stuff. He didn't know any of it. And I, I'm sh- you've you've heard our uh, let us introduce our episode, right? Ourselves. Yeah. Uh, the very first one, it literally happened just like that. Jake and I were playing video games. He asked me what my screen name was. Woodburger. Oh, you don't believe in that shit? uh or however he, he said always it. says that
0: i never said that whatever <laughs> i anyways. said i said oh you're one of those losers no i'm just kidding <laughs> 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 it, it was probably right i probably i probably said something along those lines be like really I just, okay i just yeah. i just
1: love that every time we do another piece of folklore or cryptids. Jake says, I didn't know there was that much there <laughs> yep. and I, I didn't know. I thought it was just a deer man. I yeah. love that. I love that because I'm hoping that's what people get when they listen to the episodes. I want someone oh, yeah. to listen to this and say, wow, I didn't know that. That's why I'm so like detailed in my my research, because mm-hmm. I want to I don't want I've told, you know, especially CJ. I love CJ, but, you know, he was really <laughs> big on keeping it at an hour tight right but i was like no we're not leaving any detail out ever cj fuck you and he was (laughs) like well then i quit i'm like all right yeah and i I hope that you know i hope that you too kenzar came into this episode and learned a little bit uh or that i provided something that you didn't know
2: oh heck yeah i had lots of fun (laughs) doing this and i definitely learned something out of it that's awesome
1: i know i talked a lot like I always do, so I hope I didn't take the spotlight away from you too much. This was your episode, and I hope that you enjoyed yourself. I know I enjoyed having you on. I can't speak for Jake, but I'm pretty sure he did too.
0: Yes. (laughs) Kenzer, would you like to come back? I know we were just talking about it, doing like a part two of this, but would you be interested in coming back and, I don't know, doing another cryptid or a, a legend or something like that. I mean so Jeremy did this thing where he made this gigantic list of stuff that's on our share drive where if we're ever in a, a spot where we're like, God, we don't know what to talk about or what we want to do, we can always like look and be like, well here's a a list of things that interest him and like legends and things like that and cryptids and everything that we could do a deep dive in. So if we're ever like in a position where we have like a like a writer's block or brain fart. We could just look at the list and be like, oh, that's it. But (laughs) but we we would like you to to come back. I mean this was a lot of fun, right? But we have yeah, but we have a, you know, a kind of a setup list of things we want to do for this episode. We've kind of just decided amongst ourselves. Um I'm gonna be doing the Fresno Nightcrawler here this next episode because I'm from Fresno, California. And as much as I think that it's just a bunch of crap, I'm going to do a really good episode on it. And
2: <laughs> Yeah, you are.
0: <laughs> and I'm going to be at the very end of it. I'm going to be like, wow, I knew there wasn't a lot, and there sure wasn't. <laughs> 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 but would that be something that you'd be interested in to, to come back and, and join us either on this season or next season or something like yeah. that when you, when you get a chance? Because I, I really enjoyed having you on here. I know Jeremy did. I know if Jeff was here that he would enjoy it too. Um but I'd like to keep this this whole thing going. You know, it there is something to be said about, you know, a fan reaching out to us for the first time to be on an episode with us.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. I'm totally down to do another episode with you guys. I ha- I've had a lot of fun doing this. It's it's probably, again, I work two jobs, two full-time jobs. I mm-hmm. I work and sleep, and that's basically it. So this is the most fun that I have had in months, and I'm totally down to do it again whenever you guys want.
1: <laughs> hey, so I just sent uh, a list to the chat of all the episodes on this season. So you're getting something only Patreon has, has a has access to and you can literally pick any one of those to come on to your choice, whichever one you want. You see it's got the recording dates and release dates right next to it. Um, can I, will, I pick
2: one now? Because like I've already decided, I think.
1: But <laughs> that, that's fine. We're, we're going to delete it off of off of the episode uh, because we don't want anybody. Yeah, we, we like to keep it all a secret. We kind of gave you a big spoiler. You know the entire season now. This is everything that we're going to do is right here. So
2: that's cool.
1: You have a big in with what's going on in Infinite
0: Rabbit Hole right now. We're gonna sue you if you say anything. We don't. We don't (laughs) actually have lawyers. We'll find one. We'll 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 go through a jag. Nobody will ever
2: see this. Trust me. This is need to know, and nobody needs to know.
0: But yeah.
1: So that whole list. Kenzer, you have a complete choice of whichever one you want. You can absolutely choose now. You could, you could choose now and change your mind later if you wanted to. Um, but those are the dates and those are the topics. It's insane. We'll, we'll have uh, we'll have Jeff on for that one too. So um, sweet, new guy Jeff. Have, new guy Jeff. That's his name, by the way. Yeah, new guy Jeff. So, what do you think, Kenzer? Tell us your honest opinion. How horrible was this
0: experience?
2: It wasn't at all.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, we'll do had, better next time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had, I actually had a lot of fun with this. Um, definitely out of my comfort zone for sure. I'm not used to first podcast ever. For I'm still fairly new with even listening to them and finding ones I like and stuff like that. So first time ever recording a podcast and not used to this whole. I don't do technology. I really don't. It's a pain in the ass.
1: Agreed. Um, Agreed. But uh,
2: at the same time, if you're not keeping up, you're falling behind. So
0: (laughs) Agreed. Enzer, I almost threw away my computer two months ago because I thought that it was broken and I couldn't turn it on. I couldn't fix it. I was pressing the wrong button to turn it on for weeks. (laughs) I have a
2: laptop that I bought I think in 2010 that I'm still trying to salvage that at the the Wi-Fi adapter in it no longer connects to the Wi-Fi. I have to tether the Wi-Fi onto the thing. It's got no sound. Uh, there's pixels in the screen are screwed. Like I'm really trying not <sighs> to buy gonna a I'm just going to say laptop. if it's from
0: 2010, you'd spend you'd spend less money buying a new laptop than repairing one from 2010, hands down.
2: Oh, 100%, but I refuse to repair it <laughs> either, so <laughs> I, don't, I don't use it ever, so that's why I hang on, I've hung on to it for so long.
0: I, I have a 2010 Toshiba right here that I'm resting my foot on that hasn't turn, turned on in, in a year. It's just, I don't want to lose the data on it, you know? Yeah, that's, so it's yeah. a footstool. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Hey, if it works, it works, right?
0: Yeah,
1: it does something. <laughs> well, we're going to go ahead and start closing out uh kenzer thank you so much for coming on this was a blast this was everything i wanted it to be to having our first uh fan on as a as a co-host it was a really special episode to record um this is not only special to jake and i but historical for infinite rabbit hole um so whenever we're like super big and super famous as like the number one podcast in the world and promoting world peace everywhere um it's going to be like one of those trivia night questions in in your local bar. Like what was the first guest co-host that infinite rabbit hole ever had on their podcast? And it's going to be Kenzer. So, Mm -hmm. um, I just want to say thank you for making our history that much better. Um, and I hope that you had a great time. I hope that you can, you know, you, you don't, hang up with us right now and go to your husband and your friends and be like, yep, they're, they're dipshits and never listen. <laughs> Forget what I said. They're idiots. I hate them. Uh, I hope that what you do is you go, Hey, that was a lot of fun and I can't wait till next time. And I know that I can't wait to have you back on for the episode that you chose. I know that it's going to be a special episode because talking about a, se- a good seasonal episode. That's going to be a great one. Um, And yeah, I just, I just can't wait. I'm lost for words. Thank you. That's what I got to say.
2: Thank you. No, um, I've had so much fun with this. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Like just, just the fact that you guys even wanted me here just is the coolest thing in the world to me. So (laughs) I'm sitting over here happier than a pig in mud. you, You guys have no idea. I've had so much fun with this. Thank you so very much for having me on your guys' show.
0: You know, but actually, earlier you said happier than a pig in crap, and now it's happier than pig in mud. So, which is it, Kenzar?
2: You know what?
0: (laughs) I'm just. Someday it
2: it depends on it depends on the day, really. I I'm not gonna lie, I'm a construction worker, so I have nice filthy mouth. Um, (gasps) (gasps) Oh no! (laughs) We're Um, sailors. We also do that really hard not to. I, especially lately, I've been trying really hard not to swear, especially online. Because I just finished my schooling uh, for my apprenticeship, and
0: congratulations! Thank you. Um, for
2: sure, but I did get in trouble a couple times for my mouth. So,
1: are you fudging kidding me?
2: <laughs> no, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wish I
2: was, but
1: <laughs> that's funny. It's okay. Kenser's got a potty mouth. Everybody, ew! I'll own it. Ew. Ew. (laughs) I'm a plumber,
2: okay? It comes with the job.
1: If if you heard the things that Jake well Jake used to say every day and the things that (laughs) I say every day, Jake uh, Jake has really gotten a lot better. And I even try to to mute myself around Jake to out of respect. Um it doesn't work all the time. But I try. Anyways, Kenzer, would you like to close us out?
2: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, everybody. That was another episode of the Infinite Rabbit Hole. Have yourselves a wonderful night.
1: Woo! See how easy that was.
2: Easy peasy lemon squeezy.
1: Easy peasy lemon squeezy. <laughs>